please. I tell you what, can you hear me okay over there or not? I can hear you great. Okay. <laughs> I actually find these guys so interesting. Uh, before I introduce them, I find these guys so interesting. I wish we had a longer newscast at 5 o'clock. That is, that, that is where I'm at on this whole thing. Um, and you know what? I got to tell you guys something. I like these guys. I genuinely like like that. I kind of missed you last week. I was. Off. I know we missed you. Where were you? Did you go on a vacation? <laughs> well, no, well, you know, all I do is work, so I just worked a little. A less work here. vacation, yeah, work yeah. vacation. Just look kind of like you, well, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you deserve it, you know. But but uh, it's good to see you. Uh, first of all, I, I like these guys. They're really smart. They're really good lawyers. When Moses walks in, it's slightly intimidating. Especially when he's dressed like he is today. Describe Moses. You know what? I, it's odd you Here should say go. that. When Moses walked into the studio, and I was taking calls at the time, when he walked in, I had the same reaction you did. Yeah. I said, he really looks good today. Yeah, like de- debonair. And he doesn't have a tie debonair, or nothing on like say. that. But he has pants, a, sp- a jacket, and a shirt a on, casual. and I'm going to have you describe it. And those are jeans, incidentally. Yeah, those on. are jeans. He's got a herringbone jacket with a uh, light blue Handkerchief, which matches the pattern of his which shirt. Matic, nah, the pattern of his shirt is what would you call that? That's uh, that's not paisley. What checked shirt? That's a yeah, check. It's check white, shirt. white and blue. Yeah, with a pair of jeans. Yeah, I mean you know, and, but and he, loafers. But he looks relaxed. Oh, and he? he's got matching socks. My man's sporting matching socks. <laughs> <laughs> but he's so relaxed. But, but uh, yeah. he looks good, doesn't he? You do. <laughs> you mean, bought some new duds today, didn't you? Uh, I, no, these are not new. All right, oh, but, okay. I mean, but but, but no. Moses looks, you know, he's he's yeah. got it going on today, right? Um, I would wear that in a heartbeat. You know, some <laughs> people like cars. I like I like to put together different outfits. Different but this things. is a nice one. This one works for Thank you. you. Thank you. I mean, it's very casual. Would you not? Not very. Ca- it's, it's casual, but it's clean. You know, he's he's clean. You. Right. He's very clean. You well, didn't see the socks, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Usually when somebody starts raising a foot around me, I go the other direction. <laughs> it's just a natural reaction. Right. All right. And uh, that's Attorney Carl Moses from the Keystone State of Pennsylvania, a brilliant legal mind. Uh, I quoted you earlier, incidentally, on the show. I, I, wow. I, I was talking to someone, and, uh, and uh, seriously, I Thank said, you. when you get, uh, we were talking about... Uh, um, insurance and that and i says if you listen to legal show moses will always tell you make sure you have uninsured and underinsured coverage look at your policy make sure you have that because if somebody hits you with state minimums in ohio once the insurance company's done paying they're done and usually that other person doesn't have a pot to pee in and as a result of that uh, you might still have injuries that's where your insurance can help cover you protect you from bankruptcy and some and we have too many people driving without insurance so i try to because there's a lot of people moses in ohio that have state minimums and if they hit you and hurt you that's not going to cover your injuries that's why you need what i'm saying to people uninsured and underinsured and i think uh, in ohio the minimum is what 12,000 12, 12 5 i and believe so that means that's all the person gets from the insurance had, yeah and if the person has catastrophic injuries that's it right Whereas if the person also has uninsured motor or underinsured motorist coverage because the twelve five is underinsured, it's not enough, that person can go back to his underinsured motorist coverage and collect uh, from that coverage. For yes. your injuries, right? Yes. Now Carl, if they have the twelve five minimum coverage, 
they don't have any kind of a medical copay or anything, do they? I mean, if you have eight thousand in medical bills, that comes out of that twelve five, and you're only left with forty five hundred dollars. But here's you- a, here's the problem: if if I hit you, Mark, yes. And I'm thinking about it. But if I hit you... But if You're I, not alone. Okay, You're not serious. If I hit you and I have minimum coverage and let's say I hurt you, once once my co- company pays you twelve five, and usually I don't have a pot to pee in, right? And, and now you're on the hook. Well, if you have what he's saying, your insurance company will cover his medical bills up to whatever the limits are that he chose for underinsured motorist coverage. But that but that can protect you from really going bankrupt. Because somebody hit you with lousy coverage. Sure. And you can say, well, I'll sue them. Well, they don't have anything to get. Right. You know? Not only that, but even if you did have something, usually it's either leaned with a mortgage or it's in your name and somebody else's name. And it's a real difficult situation trying to recover from the property that you have because you have to go through a separate court proceeding against the property. You have to attach the property, have it sold at a sheriff's sale, and then if you're lucky enough to get anything out of it, sure. But usually you're not going to be lucky enough to get anything out of it. You know, the uh, two stories I have for you. Uh, Number one, the police chief uh, once told me that 50% of the people in driving in Youngstown don't have a driver's license, a valid driver's license, or auto insurance. That's just hard for me to imagine. So if they hit you and you don't have uninsured, you're screwed. That's right. You and know. so is your family. While you're home recuperating, if you can't work, you know, how, how are you going to get the bills paid? That's At least right. if you have some exactly. uninsured, underinsured coverage, you could continue to provide for your family while you're convalescing. Right. Let's say you're in, in an accident. you got to pay your tuition for your kids to go to some expensive <laughs> Catholic school. And uh, I resemble that remark. <laughs> and, uh, all right, but, th- but that was it. And my second story was I know a guy who was telling me the story personally. He was, seriously, he was driving, and he didn't have insurance, okay? And he hit somebody at a traffic light, rear-ended him. And they, and he doesn't have his driver's license today, and he has to pay them 11000 or $12,000. And until he comes up with eleven dollars or $12,000, he won't get his license back. Uh, because he was stupid and driving without insurance. And they, and they had a, you know, who knows. I hate to you say know, this. Just, no, don't take this the wrong way, folks. Uh, I'm sick of people that fake injuries and chiropractors and stuff. I mean, you know, so I don't know if that's the case or not. But eleven or 12000 and he has to pay him eleven or $12,000 before he can get his license back. And his only option is to declare bankruptcy and get out of it. Uh, you're saying that that is part of his criminal penalty, that he was cited for yes. failure to dri- drive without yeah. a license, and they said, well, you're not going to get it back until you pay restitution. Yes. Now, is that $11,000 in medical bills, or is that pain and suffering? Because I don't think a, a court could issue criminal sanctions by pay, uh, having him pay pain and suffering on a traffic in, citation. In Pennsylvania, it's not a criminal situation. As I recall the statute we have in Pennsylvania, if somebody causes an accident, does not have a driver's license. Or no insurance. You or have. no insurance. Uh, and I don't remember the exact terms of the F-R-A-P-F, statute. F-R-A-P-F, financial responsibility. If, that, if the injured person gets a judgment against that at-fault driver and then sends the judgment to the Department of Motor Vehicles, then that person's license can be taken away. Yes. That, maybe that's yes. what happened in Ohio. So it's not a criminal matter in Pennsylvania, but it, it can be done through a civil statute. Yes. Well, my See only, how smart he is? Yeah, my contention would be that if it's part of 
ordering out-of-pocket costs to be reimbursed. I'd say that that's in line. You could do that all day long. But if it's pain and suffering, I I think that's a stretch. I don't think if they're putting some money in this guy's pocket for allegedly suffering some injuries that... I don't know. Yeah, I'll get the details. Yeah, get the details, and I'll be able to comment. But but he was but he was talking about that. But in case in case any chiropractors are listening to this, because you brought up the you mentioned chiropractors in the same thought process that people are maybe faking. There are some very good chiropractors too. Keep that in mind. I know one personally who's a very good chiropractor. So don't just group them into. a, a negative uh, category. But do you do you understand when I say, uh, and this is just my my nature, okay? Let's say if you hit me, okay, and I, and I'm not injured in my car, I'm not injured, okay, and I'm glad I'm not injured. Fix the car, whatever, and I'll be on my way. That's all I want. I I've just have had enough of people that get hit, hit, and they say, and then they get the letters and they say, well, you know, maybe I do need a, a few treatments and this kind of stuff. I'm suspicious of that. Yeah, so, well, listen, so are insurance companies and juries. That's why they're not getting big verdicts on soft tissue and whiplash-type injuries. So, you know, your attitude is held by the, many of the jurors that hear these personal injury cases. All of the lawyers that work for insurance companies, they have that same attitude. If it's a soft tissue injury, if it's a whiplash-type injury, if you can't look at an x-ray, if you can't uh, kind of... See something objective. Yes, yeah, objectify it. Yeah. You're not gonna. It's not worth a lot of money. In fact, you know our firm doesn't take many of those cases. Right. So, so I mean, clearly, I've taken a lot of hits to the head over you the sure years. <laughs> so therefore, so therefore, uh, Ron Verb, don't complain about that because you have uh, a source that takes care of that. The jury. In and if words, I'm on a jury, yeah, I'm going to rule against well, it. As, right. as Mark said, a lot of the jurors react the same way. So that's your protection against any frauds, okay? Right. And I've, I, I've learned, incidentally, from Moses how hard medical malpractice cases are. I don't think they're easy, right? Mark, mm. would you not agree? As oh, I totally agree. Absolutely. I mean, seriously, that's one thing that I've learned from Moses. Just, uh, and he's really good at it. You know? Yes. Moses would be good with a jury. Absolutely. I think maybe, I, maybe I'd be like under your spell if I was on a jury, though. I hate to say that. Jury trials are adventures. They really are, for a lawyer, too. Mm-hmm. Just like Dave has said when he's been here. Dave who? Uh, Dave Beatrice. <laughs> I think that's his last name. <laughs> name doesn't ring uh, a bell. He, he's talked to you about how much he enjoys that. It, it is an adventure. However, it, it, it is hell preparing for a trial, but it is a real adventure once you're in that courtroom trying the case. He's real excited because as party chairman, he's bringing in this lawyer for Stormy Daniels to some Democratic function that's coming. Are you going to that town? And I says, you know, if you want a bigger crowd, forget him. Bring in Stormy Daniels. Uh, <laughs> she got arrested in Columbus the other day. Yes. Uh, what was that? Terrible. For? I don't know. What was it for, Ron? You would know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Seriously, I don't know. I just saw it a little, little bit on it today. They, they, she, they, they let her go already, though. I what guess. was it for, though? What uh, was she charged with? Uh, she was appearing at a club, and they said that they there was some touching involved, but it wasn't. Misdemeanor uh, lewd uh, conduct. Yeah. You know, I guess right after the officers got done frisking her, they said there should be no problem. Jim, you're on the air with Moses and Mark DeVecchio. I forgot to introduce him. Hello. Hi, Ron. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, like your show, liked it for years. Uh, I got a question. It's almost three years ago. I was rear-ended by a guy over on 224 in Boardman. Uh, I had two little scratches on my bumper. Uh, 
before the two years was up in 2017 in July. Now, sir. This guy, he's sir. suing me for, um, he was, well, long story short, was he rented me originally, but then I was so ticked off, I went back to talk to him when our cars were still touching. He was on his cell phone. He wouldn't get off his cell phone. Really torqued me off. So I got out, pulled my car up, you know, maybe five or six feet to see what damage was done. I had two scratches on my bumper. Well, I was so ticked off, I neglected to put it in park. Uh, I accidentally left it in reverse, and my car backed up into him like wow. two or three miles an hour. And um, he's suing me now for wow. um, negligent whatever. Oh, this and, is great. Uh, wow. For, first of all, stress and whatever else, you know. Right, what a scumbag. First of all, let me give you some advice, okay? Whenever you call, never say, I, this guy rear-ended me. Say, my car was hit from behind, okay? You know, I should do a better talking to you. Right, because... I've been listening to you all these years. Right. I, I mean, I just want to emphasize that just for clarification. Now, now, now think of this guy's dilemma, though. The caller? Yes. It's the perfect storm. I mean, you know, first of all, you're clearly the victim. You're clearly the victim. However, the police officers will tell you never move your car unless you're blocking traffic. You know, you should probably leave it as is. The fact that the guy was on the cell phone, was he calling the police? I don't know. Who Was Was he calling no, something? He, he wasn't. He you, wasn't calling the police because... Um, well, did you call him? What difference does it make? I was always, I was always taught pull over to the side of the road and out of the way because you're blocking traffic. Right. This was on a Saturday afternoon. Hey, let me so give you... Wait a minute, caller. You know, after... After pulling up originally to see what was done, I pulled over on the side, and this guy, he has his flashers on. He's not making any effort to get out of the car or do anything. So I went down to there's a BP station or something. I asked for the non-emergency number for Boardman. I called them. They said, can you come down and meet us? Yeah. So I filled out the accident report, blah, 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 and um, ends up... This guy filed like two days before his two years is up. Then I was supposed to go to court to have a trial, April 2nd. Um, April 2nd or April 1st, they called and said, this guy dismissed it without prejudice, so he can refile within a year. So that's what he did three months later here now. Um, I have no recourse. Can this? How long can this go on with this guy? Well, uh, yeah, there's a statute of limitations. As you indicated, in Ohio, you have a two-year statute to bring a cause of action for negligence. Then there's also right. a saving statute whereby, you know, where you dismiss, you could, you could save the jurisdiction for another year. Uh, that sounds like it, that's what happened. However, if he and his lawyers were ill-prepared to put on their case after two years, I think that's a good indication of what kind of a case they have, okay? Well, I have a major insurance company, and uh, they paid this guy 2500 bucks for medical stuff originally. He said nothing was wrong with his car. Then it ended up his grill was magically broke later on. So they, get, they were going to send him a check for it. I called and complained to my adjuster or whoever's in charge, and they ended up canceling the check out for the guy, which I was thankful for. And I've been pushing him. I said, do not settle with this guy. He has sued or been sued 33 times in 32 years. Wow. So what's that tell you about this guy? Okay, hang on a second. I got advice for you. Are you listening? I'm listening. Please. All right. Seriously. And this is for everyone in the room and everyone listening. My wife taught me this, and I want you to remember this. All right, let's go back to that accident when it happened. Here's what you should do, all of you. Are you ready? Listening. All right. 
Get out your cell phone. My wife said this. The first thing you do take is take a picture of the person driving the car. Okay? I know. No, I know. no, 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 be quiet. Be, no, wait, wait a minute. Quiet, 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 quiet. I want you to listen. This is what she did. She said, preaches to my kids, and I, and I want you to preach it to your kids. Get your cell phone out. Take a picture of the collision. Take a picture of the pers- other person driving, a picture of them. Take a picture immediately of their license plate. You're doing all of this so you got the accident picture, you got a picture of the driver and a license plate, because in many cases, the person will put it in reverse and leave. Right. Take a picture of the point of impact, too. Right. I mean, you know, not only the Quick scene, pictures. But boom, boom, boom. Yes. You could do it quickly with these iPhones. Now you got now you got a picture of the person who says, well, it wasn't me. Well, here's your picture. you got a picture right. of the license plate if they drive off, and you got a picture of the collision. Now, here's the here's the issue. You said, what could I do? I mean, your recourse, you cannot file a frivolous lawsuit, okay? A lawyer that's, well, uh, it sounds like that, but a lawyer, that's a violation of Civil Rule 11. A lawyer cannot affix his name to a frivolous lawsuit. However, the fact that you were negligent in failing to put your car in park and you let it roll back and hit the guy, you kind of open the door to it. You know, right. that, that yeah, I wasn't... Realize, I realize that. But, you know, the thing is, the original impact was caused by this guy. So how do you know moving forward that if he does have any injuries, they weren't caused by him? Oh, absolutely. In my vehicle. In my vehicle, he had two little scratches on the bumper. He had 84 holes in the with the big steel bumpers. Basically nothing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. He was definitely contributory in whatever injuries he's alleging he sustained, um, and and that would be a question for the jury. The only problem is when you tell your jury trial because I think any reasonable thinking person's got to say what kind of idiot is this guy. Here's your here's your problem though. You tell your insurance company I want a jury trial. You're not going to have to pay him a dime, but your insurance company pays a number of people that are on the payroll. And if they could get out of this case for five grand, they'll offer him the fight. It's called nuisance value. Because it's cheaper. Yeah, they'll offer him a couple bucks to go away because it's going to cost him more to put on the trial. Now, let me ask you a question, caller. That's just the way this guy makes money. All right, forget all of that. Forget all of that. Right. You're not listening to what... He has to pay him. Just a yeah, you're not listening to what Mark is saying because here's the reality: yeah, you can knock that guy all you want, but uh, let's be realistic. You were at fault. You moved your car you shouldn't have. You didn't put it in park, and it did go back and hit his car. So uh, instead of knocking him all the time, what you did was kind of stupid. Yeah, but yeah, but he hit me originally. I don't care. But then you hit him after that. I know, but you still hit him. My car backed up. The most that we go backwards, and it was on All the right. plate grade going backwards, maybe two or three miles. But, but it still could have hurt him. Uh, all right, Tiger, thank you. Good luck. Okay, thank you. Uh, how do you not do that and feel stupid, though? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, you, you know, know what? And you, I can but totally. See, t- his problem is he won't accept that he's got any blame in all this. He should have not moved his car. He should have put it in park. Let's say that guy was really on the phone and wasn't expecting that impact of uh, at all. And it. Let me tell back. you something. Yeah, a couple things happened here. Have, if you've ever been struck from behind in your vehicle, first of all, it's shocking. I mean, it's happened to me a couple times. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you hear, "Boom!" Your neck snaps back. And for a second, you have no rational thought. You know, you kind of like, what just happened? Right. Your brain kind of freezes. Right. So when he looked back, and he, now he saw a guy rear-ended him, and he saw he was on the phone, well, now 
he goes into anger mode. Now you're upset, and it's perfectly understandable. Who wouldn't be? You're not paying attention to the road. You hit my car. You caused damage. You shocked me. I was having a nice, calm day. Now I'm a nervous wreck, and you're still on the phone. The guy pulls up. He's mad, jumps out of his car, forgets to put it into gear, backs up, and hits yeah, the guy. Theor- theoretically, if this were a jury trial, a jury could, in effect, forgive him for forgetting to put it in park. Because of the of what Mark's just describing, he's in shock. But uh, they, they could lose too. Shocked. A jury could go either <laughs> well, way. Of like course, you said. of course. And 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 an insurance company, even though he tells the company don't pay anything, the insurance company can, by way of the uh, insurance contract, can make its own decision. You know what his big mistake was? What I would have done if I would have done what he did. I would have made sure before it went backward. I floored it, pal. Floored it. <laughs> That's the difference between him and right, me. Right. I would have just. It would have been like a demolition derby out there when I was done. All right, uh, callers in line, stand by. Uh, we have more legal questions for the greatest legal minds from the Keystone City. Hey, I went to Key Bank Pavilion to Jimmy Buffett the other night. It was terrible. It was a disaster. Uh, but I was in Pennsylvania. West Virginia and Ohio is in three states in one day. And when I went to PA, I said, the home of Moses. I'll be right back. All right, time for the Boardman Subaru Indians home run payoff inning. I'm going to take it, David, since we have one line open, I'll take the first caller. And if the tribe hits a home run in the first inning, how's that sound? First caller, if tribe hits a home run in the first inning, you'll win tickets to a future tribe game. The Boardman Subaru home run payoff inning, all courtesy of Boardman Subaru and News Radio 570 WQB. 729 if you want to partake. 729 All right, let's take more legal questions. News Radio 570 WQB. And Bob, uh, are you calling from prison? You're on the legal show. Bob? Hello? Yes, go ahead. Yes, this question is for Mark. Uh, it's a domestic issue. Um, my question is, do the local rules of court vary that significantly from county to county in the state of Ohio? I have a good friend who went through a disillusion recently in Franklin County. He never had to go to the courthouse. They had a retired judge hear the case in the attorney's office. And the other part of the question is he is required to pay spousal support and child support for five years until the child uh, is emancipated, but it's there is a stay on it until such time as the house sells. Okay. The, the spouse keeps 100% of the proceeds of the sale, and until it sells, he has to pay the mortgage payment and the taxes and insurance, but he doesn't start child support until that house sells. Okay. First of all, that's kind of a long question, so let me try to break it down. The first thing, um, yes, the local rules in domestic relations court do differ from county to county. When you say significantly, um, I wouldn't say significantly, but in each court, they have the way that they like to do things. They have a way that they like their pleadings to, to appear. They have you know, just different nuances that it's just the way they do things in certain counties. Um, you know, I've been to a number of different counties, and no two counties are, are the same. But generally, if you're an experienced practitioner, you're going to find your way around. And, and some of the counties are, are forgiving. If, if I do something that I would tr- traditionally do in Mahoning County, you know, Columbiana County is different than Mahoning. Trumbull's a, you know, a little bit different. Summit, Cuyahoga, 
Uh, I just filed a motion in Franklin County the other day. So, yeah, county rules are all different. Your lawyers should look at the local rules of court before they do anything. Same in Pennsylvania. Incidentally. Yes. Yes. So that's well, I've the. I've never heard. I've never heard of a hearing held in the attorney's office. In the attorney's office or in the judge's it chambers? In, it was in the attorney's office. A retired judge heard the case. My friend never went to the courthouse once. All right. If there's a retired judge, it means that there somehow was a conflict of interest somewhere, and someone either fired a, filed a motion to have the judge recuse him or herself, or maybe the judge in Franklin County said, "Listen, I know this person, so we're going to get a visiting judge to hear this case." Like an arbitration, or, or, almost. Or Mark, couldn't each or both sides agree just to have a a retired judge come into the office? Well, no. You first have to have the permission of the presiding judge. You have to if the domestic well, I relations. Think I think there's domestic judges in Franklin County. Right. But if you if a visiting judge was appointed, then I don't know enough about the it circumstances. Wasn't, it wasn't a visiting judge. It's the retired judge, and that's all he does. Well, typically, that that's the retired judges go from county to county and hear cases where the sitting judges have a conflict, okay? That's been my experience, and it's happened to me a number of times. And a lot of these retired judges do wonderful work. So, and it, ha it happens in Mahoney County all the time. If Judge Smith has a conflict, they will get the visiting judge to come in and hear certain cases. So it sounds like without having all the facts of your case, it sounds to me like that's kind of what happened. Now, relative to the holding off the payment of the home or the payment of the child and spousal support until the home is sold, understand domestic relations court, no matter what county you're in, are courts of equity. So if there's going to be an order to pay child support, to pay spousal support, and the obligor, the breadwinner, still has to pay all the bills to the marital residence, maybe that's the court giving him some relief, saying you're going to maintain the residence, you're going to pay the utilities, you're going to pay the mortgage, you're going to pay the upkeep. Then when it sells, that's when you will start with your child support and spousal support obligation because it makes equitable sense. Right, Bob? Okay, Tiger? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. All right, thanks. You know, obviously somebody had to agree. Uh, you have two lawyers. Somebody had to agree to say we're going to have it in a lawyer's office and well, we're going to have a retired judge. No, no I, I have a little bit of a problem having it in the lawyer's office. I mean, the bottom line is if it's filed in Franklin County in the Court of Common Pleas, it needs to be held in the Domestic Relations Court, okay? Uh, the, the, you have to avoid any kind of an appearance of impropriety, and I guess I didn't address that part of the call. But um, domestic relations, you, you never want to have a, a, an appearance where there's some impartiality. I had a case in Toledo where they brought me in from, from way over here because there was some concern about that, and they didn't want to go with anyone local that didn't, didn't want to make any waves over there. So they got someone from a, as far away as they could. And, you know, there, there was an appearance to me that, that there was some, you know, unilateral kind of one-sided discussions going on. And and the judges really should avoid that. All right. Now there's just there was just a case decided from Mahoney County where the, a judge did have a meeting in his office. It was a criminal case, but the the defendant's lawyer was present in that meeting. The prosecutor was present in that meeting. The alleged victim was present in that meeting, and so they they ruled that it was okay because the defendant was represented by her lawyer in that case. Let's go to uh, another legal question. Uh, hello there. You're on the air. Yeah, I just want to let you know, um, I called you guys about two or three months ago about my father-in-law being abused by, not physically abused, but financially abused by his grandson, you know, drug situation. But I did what you said, and it worked out beautiful. Um, 
we went to a lawyer. He pretty much told the grand the grandfather that uh, we can prove your your grandson's being uh, abusive and you know, threatened jail time. So he allowed my wife to uh, to be the executor of her finances, his finances stuff, and it's working out perfectly. He's actually June and July. He's had his his own money. Awesome. So, so I just want to thank you guys for uh, giving me the advice. Ah, that's great. I know, Carl. We love to hear that, right? Yes, and I I remember that call. Yeah, I do. Well, we're really happy it's working out for you. We're genuinely happy. That's that's brings was, a smile to our it, face. It, it was it was tough to um to convince him, but uh, he pretty much told him that he's uh he's definitely. I, I think he was so proudful. He was he was thinking he was declared like he's not too smart, but you know he pretty much told him your naiveness is what uh, is uh will be your undoing. Yeah, and, and so they uh, he he did everything. We down to Social Security. As a matter of fact, when we went down to Social Security. The grandson had uh, the online uh, app, you know, so he could see what's what's coming in and what's going out. And you know, Grandpa's eighty-four. What's he know about a computer? Well, right, exa- no. exactly right. Did you listen to my advice and take a ball bat with you? <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the phone call. Well, why is he laughing? My advice. <laughs> I mean, because everybody does. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm starting to get a complex right? on that. Okay, Joyce, uh, you have a legal question for Moses and DeVecchio, The Legal Show, News Radio 570 WQBN 541. Hello there. Yes, yeah, I live in Campfield. I have two large trees on the property line. I have them trimmed every two years. The big limb fell off of the tree yesterday. She came over, the neighbor came over and told me a limb fell in my yard. And comes here. I did not do anything. Who is responsible for the limb that fell in her yard? It did not hit her furniture. It did not hit the, anything in the yard. Not the porch, nothing. So what is she claiming? I, I didn't go see her. She just told me the limb is in my yard. Come over and see me. She probably wants you to get rid of it. Yeah. Pay to get rid of it. Now, is, is a tree right on the property line? Or? I do believe so. I am 80, and I did. I bought the house over in office someone. I did not have the property surveyed. Okay, but but is but if that limb is you know the property line goes from the ground all the way up in the air, and if it's hanging over on her property, the woman she has a right if it's on her property to cut it down, to trim it, to keep, uh, right. to maintain it. Um, now, what if the tree is on my property but the limb fell on her yard? Well, if had she warned you before about this? No, no. I mean, generally, you're required to maintain, reasonably maintain property. I have my trees trimmed every two years. Is it a big limb? Yes. She probably wants it clean. And, and, if, and if it was an act of God, then you're you're probably not responsible. On the other hand, why don't you just come to an agreement with her as to sharing the cost or whatever as to cleaning it up? Yeah, I would. Yeah, that would seem to be the most economical sure. thing I to do, so. and and it would save yourself grief. Just what can the we? The lady do? has not talked to me in seventeen years since my husband passed away because there were a lot of cars in the drive that day, and her husband came over here ranting and raving that there were he's in the yard and too many cars outside. I don't so think you. Sh- I don't think she's responsible if it fell on the neighbor's yard. Do you? Uh, not automatically. I'm right. just I'm just saying, if it can be shown that she should have known that it was, uh, let's say not not uh, well, the, the, not not reasonably. If she should have known it was not in good shape, was the tree dead or anything? You, you'd have not to, that I know of. I have my trees trimmed every two years. See, I'm a regular tree trimmer. I mean, there are cases where trees have fallen on cars. And the argument by the person who was injured in the car 
is that the property owner should have known that that tree was not in good shape. What if the they tree's in okay something. shape and the wind just knocked the limb? Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. An act of God, then she should not be responsible. Right, an act yes. of God, nobody's responsible. Yes. Yeah, it does, uh, was the tree alive and the limbs uh, uh, healthy and the wind just blew it down? Call her. I don't know. I was not home yesterday. I came home and there was a big note on my door and said, your limb is in my yard, please come and see me. Yeah, the burden would be on her to prove that you were negligent in not maintaining it properly. Right, and once again, if it looks like the, the tree limb is in danger of causing some kind of damage in the neighbor's yard, then that neighbor has a duty to inform the, the tree owner or to cut down the tree, the the, uh, the limb herself. That would be a good argument. You know what she wants. She just wants her to get rid of the limb. Yeah, that's why I said, <laughs> do you have any grandchildren or, you know? It's probably a big limb. Why don't you just call your tree trimmers and have them come out and remove the limb? It's a very large limb. Well, that's what she wants oh, to do. Wow, okay. Well, go over and see your neighbor. Take her like an apple pie. Here's my strategy. <laughs> Take her an apple pie, freshly baked, knock on her door, and say, listen, you haven't talked to me for 17 years. What do you want? And she's going to say, uh, uh, you know, find out what she... First, go see what she wants. She probably wants you to clean up the limb, and if so, call your tree guys and see what they'll charge you to clean it up. Or ask her to split it. Yeah, I try... Tree, if it was your tree in your yard and fell in her yard... Right. She was responsible, but I don't know the law. Right. Well, I think I think you're right. Trying to get uh, each of you to pay half of it would probably be the best result. Or go over like you're senile, and then she'll say she doesn't even know what's going on. She'll think I am senile. I am 80. I know. I'm just trying to give you another option. All right. That's a, that's an interesting call. Thank I didn't know who's re- – the tree is not in her yard. It's like laying like right on the property line in the other bushes. So it's not even on the yard yet. It's just laying there. Did it ruin her bushes? Whose bushes no, are they? No, they're bu- my bushes, I guess. All right. Well, go see what she wants. Go talk, knock on her knock on her door and say, well, what do you need? And she'll probably say, well, what's the story with the limb? And say, well, I'm, calling, I'm working on seeing how much it is to clean up with my tree trimmers. And then go back to your house and watch, uh, and watch uh, whatever uh, the pr- price is right, as all you old people do. <laughs> Right. It's going to cost more to litigate than to, to yeah. Get, I mean, get you know, clean limb. up the call, get somebody to come out and pick up the limb. Be a good neighbor. Be a good neighbor. Yeah. Okay. And if I do nothing, what could she do? Well, you're not going to just let the limb there, are you? In the bushes? I might just do that. <laughs> well, you are eighty something years old. I mean, how much longer could you have, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. That's there. terrible, Ron. Th- <laughs> thank you, dear. Thank you. All right. I mean, you know. Well, clean it up. I mean, don't you think? Um, yeah, I mean, that's the logical, rational, practical thing to do. I mean, I want people to know that if a, if a limb hangs over and your property line goes from the ground to the air, you can cut it off to that point in time. Right. right at that point in the tree. As long as I mean, if, the, if tree. the tree constitutes a nuisance, you know, there are things you could do. There's case law. And I get what there. Moses is saying. If it's a dead tree or obvious that it's kind of thing, you as a tree owner should take care of it. But if it's not that and the wind just took the thing down, that's an act of God. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes. who knows more about that than a guy named Moses? <laughs> All right. Uh, Emmanuel, you have a legal question. Go ahead, please. News Radio 570, WDQN. Well, first of all, um, I know you and your callers, right? So uh, I'm not bashing the police, okay? But I want to know, uh, I have a legal question. I was going down the street. Yeah. And I and I seen a, an officer uh, running a radar. Yes. So when I passed him, I hit my brights. 
Oh. To uh, let the other people know that there's somebody there. Good idea. I like that. Well, it's a good idea. I like that, and I've done it too. But I believe that there's a statute well, a that says Wait you can't do I'm that. I didn't know in the other lane that there was another officer there. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Next thing, next thing I know... I got blue lights behind me. For blinking yeah. your lights. So, uh, wait a minute, I pull over, I pull over. Everything's good, right? You know, he wasn't happy about me blinking the lights. And and, um, and I get a citation for uh, for uh, 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 not having my safety, my seatbelt on. I usually wear my seatbelt. The one time I didn't wear it, he pulled me over. Are you, so sure? Is, Are you sure it wasn't for DWB? Uh, you said DWB, I would have went with you, but not DWB. No, no I, said, I did say DWB. <laughs> that, that that might have been it, but no, this is Ryan's show. But what I'm saying is this, right? I I see other I see other uh, police officers sitting there because this case been disposed of already. I see other people sitting there, and I want to warn yeah. the people coming at this. Yeah, is, I, that against, is that against the law? Because he didn't give me a ticket for a flash in my life. You know what? I over. I don't think that's against the law. I can't. Uh, it, that's free speech. You blinking your lights to me is like an expression of speech. It's like saying hello. Yeah, no, I, I, That's a at great one point in time, I First did, yeah. Great argument. I'm impressed. God, I'm feeling good about it. I don't myself. know. You know what? It, it may not, there may not be a law in the revised code. I don't think there but, is one. But they could say that flashing the brights causes a distraction to oncoming traffic. But here's what his argument should be. Don't pay the ticket for the seatbelt. Go to court and say, why was I stopped initially? I mean, I wasn't cited for any for why he stopped me initially, so I don't think I should have to pay this. And then hire yeah, then hire Ron Verb to represent you. No, I mean, you know, right? I mean, he I got agree. a ticket for a seatbelt, but but what did when he pulled you over? Why did he say he stopped you? I flashed my lights. So what, how's that against the law? Listen, when I get pulled over, right? No, no, I'm, I'm serious. Yes, I'm yes, sir. Whatever, I understand. Right? I, if I'm gonna argue, which is gonna be in court, I'm not gonna argue which why you got me pulled over. That's why I do right. with the police. I don't know about you. Yeah, right. But go to court and argue that. Well, I what, think, yeah, I think what, what Ron Verb is trying to say is, if they improperly stopped you and pulled you over, then whatever they see or find afterwards after they've stopped you is 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 improperly obtained. Fruits of the poisonous yes, tree. That's right. Right. As I said, Ron Verbot represents you. In the future, in the future, I'll be wanting to let some warn somebody, but I can't do it because I don't want to get pulled over. Well, you know what I think, and I, you know, I would do it anyway, as long as they're far enough in the distance. You know, if it's oncoming traffic and they're right on you, if they're, if you're in close proximity, sometime I think the only argument they can make from a law enforcement perspective is that flashing the lights is a distraction. Flashing your high beams would contemporarily blind you. It could cause an accident. That's the only thing I could I could think of that would be their excuse. If they're far enough in the distance where you could give them a quick flash on and off, and I gotta admit, I do it all the time as a courtesy to, to right. other drivers because when someone when someone does it to me i'm like i think in my head boy thank you very much you know because let's face it i'm always in a hurry so, right. <laughs> so i'm with you Emmanuel. Uh, all right tiger i'm not gonna do it guys i'm not gonna do it i can't go through this again all right thank you thanks <laughs> I, uh, you know uh jeff you have a legal question for the attorney's news radio 570 wqn 551 go ahead yes hello could you, i enjoy your show attorneys thanks very jeff. knowledgeable could you please tell me what a deposition means? It, it, it means that in a case, a litigated case, where there's been a lawsuit filed, uh, then there is a right of discovery, which means that 
each side has a right to obtain information from the other side. And one of the forms of information is to have a court reporter present while I, the lawyer, ask questions of a witness or the other party in the case. And the court reporter uh, takes down all of the testimony, the questions and the answers. And then that is in print, eventually, uh, in a booklet-type style, and that can be used uh, for a lawyer like myself to prepare my case, or it can even be used in court in a trial. So if I'm taking the other driver's deposition, as an example, and that driver admits that he was looking at his cell phone, uh, and then at trial he denies looking at his cell phone, I can produce that deposition and in cross-examining him to show that he's not credible, that he's not telling the truth. So if this guy's a part of a deposition, basically you're going to get interviewed by a lawyer and to, uh, 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 an illegal process. It's sworn yes. testimony. Yes. He's sworn right. in, and yes. lawyers don't like to ask questions in trial if they don't already know the answer. So it's, a, it's your first shot the lawyer has at gathering evidence and finding out how you're going to answer certain questions. because That's it's discovery. Yeah, it's, yes. sw- it's sworn testimony. Jeff, good luck. Good luck, Jeffrey. Sworn testimony of... Yeah. Case. Yep. Okay. Oh. Thank you, Mike. You're on the air with the attorneys tonight. Hello there. Hello. Hey, I wondered if you guys thought uh, Chairman Beatrice would be defending Stormy Daniels after her arrest the other night in Ohio. Uh, uh she's already been let go. Oh, she don't have to go back to court. Uh, no, they they dismissed the charges. I oh. guess once once the cops all frisk her, they said it's okay. She must have did a little dance for him or something, or maybe you know. Well, why not? Hey, you got it, flaunt it. Uh, that's, my th- that's my thinking. See you later out of your troublemaker. Bye. Uh, Bill, you're at, William, you're on the air. Legal question, go ahead. Attorney Moses DeVecchio, News Radio 570 WQN, welcome. Oh, this is concerning workman's comp. Back on February the 22nd of 2017, I fell at work and I broke a rib. And then about three or four weeks later, I noticed there was a numbness in the right of my right hand on the pinky and ring finger and they said that i did a lesion of the right ullular nerve i went and i had a proceedings done and they agreed that it had happened at work well this year I, it started to get worse so i went to my doctor and he admitted a form to electronically to the bureau of workman's comp and they said that they admitted that it was reasonably related, but it was not reasonably necessary or cost-effective. And so I had 14 days to appeal, so I wrote them a letter, and I faxed it to them on two different fax numbers, plus I mailed the letter itself. And she received my letter in time, but my physicians came two days late. It came 14 days after she had mailed the letter, but I received it uh, on the... 22nd, and it came within the 14-day period. Well, since then, it was, you know, I called, uh, I've spoken to the lady, and she told me that if I withdraw my appeal, that it would come back to her, and she would be able to approve the physicians, you know, taking care of me. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. Are you represented by counsel? No, I'm not. All right. Before I do anything like that, because I, I don't... You need to get a workers' comp Yeah, attorney. you need to get talk to a workers' comp lawyer, because I would be really hesitant to dismiss something 
dismiss an appeal that that uh, is a legitimate appeal uh, that you may have some recourse on somebody's promise that they'll accept the letter. I mean, I would I would have a lawyer go in there with me. Yeah, you know, uh, Gosky retired. He used to do workers' comp, but uh, Shavoni does workers' comp. Right. Yeah. Uh, so so this is in Ohio. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, and, and I agree with what uh, Mark and Ron are saying. Uh, yes. That's a very technical uh, type of practice, and uh, you've got to have a lawyer uh, give you advice. For example, what she's trying to do is have you uh, terminate the case, perhaps, whereas if you were to have ongoing problems into the future, you may be barred from getting any more benefits if, right. if you do what she's asking you, you to You know, do. Joe Schiavone, call him. His, yeah. his dad and him do workers' comp. Seriously, and you better do it quickly. Oh, yeah, I have until the 20th, I, I believe. I wouldn't wait till then. I think yeah, I'd do it tomorrow. Make the call tomorrow. No, do it tomorrow. There right. you go. Good luck. Okay, thank you very much. Randy, you're on the air with the attorneys. Go ahead. Yeah, real quick. I got a friend uh, has a, got a letter today saying that the new policy about hair length and all that kind of thing. Uh, he had a ponytail when he was hired six years ago and has had excellent evaluations all through the whole process. Uh, what's the deal on it? Can they enforce that now? Is he represented? They hired him with the ponytail now. Is he represented now, by a union? Good, huh? Is he represented by a union? No. Is he, uh, is, what type of work does he do? Construction. And they say we're, now we got a hair policy. Right. All of a sudden, and do you His think evaluations were excellent the six years of it? And when he got hired, he had the ponytail. So, and it's very neat and everything. But they're saying uh, short hair has to be within two inches above the ear and all that kind of how stuff. How many? Do, how many other guys have ponytails or long hair? Do you think they're singling him out for some reason? No, I don't think so. I, there, there are a few. All right, you know, but not that many. You know what I mean? Is a guy making the rules bald? What does that mean? I don't know. I'm just searching. Does he something. have hair envy? <laughs> yeah, hair envy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, that could be. <laughs> you know, I. It depends on on how important this guy's hair is to him. I mean, if he's like, what is it, Samson, with the guy that got his strength from his hair. Yeah. You know, he could probably fight it. But if he likes his job, just cut your hair. Sometimes you have to do things uh, to to conform to to keep a job. I mean, I guess you're entitled. To look the way you want to look, it seems I, weird. Yeah, you're in this absolutely day and age. entitled to that, and it does seem weird. And I don't know why the policy would be enacted. I don't know for what reason it would be enacted. Safety could be the only thing. I could Safety, think of. but yeah, you could you could definitely challenge that. You could definitely challenge it. Well, but, yeah, especially after you did the job six years successfully and you got all kinds of good evaluations. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. he refuses to cut his hair and he gets fired for that reason and that reason only, he may have recourse. The fact that he was hired with the ponytail, he's worked six good years, he's been a loyal employee, he does right. good job, and they don't have any strong public interest in maintaining a certain hair or a certain uh, hairstyle. Is he wearing pantyhose and doing his nails? <laughs> the, argue, the argument. Thank you for your call. We're out of time, guys. News Radio 570 WQEN. From ABC News, I'm Richard Cantu. Tension and chaos during a joint meeting of the House Judiciary and Oversight Committees. Lawmakers.